What up, y'all? So this is going to be one of my first podcasts. And let me just forewarn you, like I'm a rambler like no other. I say um a whole lot. I'm hoping, you know, my speech class that I took umpteen jillion years ago in college is going to kick in and I'm going to remember, you know, to be well-spoken and all that stuff. But that's probably just not going to happen. Let's just keep it real, okay? Because that's what this whole podcast is about, keeping it real. We don't sugarcoat things. We don't put on a fake persona, hopefully. Um, You know, we just keep it real. This is girl talk, woman to woman, like you're over here chatting with your best friend, whatever the case may be. So um, the post that really kind of kicked this whole thing off um, was something that was just really heavy on my heart the other day. So let me set the scene for you, if you will. I uh, I was in the pool Sunday with my daughter, and we were chilling, having some downtime or whatever, you know, trying to work on a tan, get a little color on these legs, whatnot. Um, and I started praying because I'm trying to get back in the habit of praying on a more frequent basis and allowing, like, allowing God to be heard in my life because a lot of times I I pray and then I don't listen for the answer or I draw my own conclusion and then I'm like what the heck God like I asked you specifically for this I asked you to help me I asked for the answer and he's like girl you don't listen when I tell you so I'm just gonna be quiet and let you do it on your own you know what I'm saying so when I feel like I have something And this is just me. This is how I interpret, you know, the Lord coming to me and saying, somebody needs to hear this and they need to hear it through you. You know, all I can do is offer the message. If they don't receive it, they don't receive it. My hope is always that it maybe sits in the back of their mind and maybe ruminates a little bit, marinates, you know, just marinates a little bit until they're ready for it. Because I'm like that. Like, This whole message, and I know I'm jumping around, came from something that somebody had told me years ago that at the time I didn't feel like was applicable to me. And after, so I'm I'm in therapy, no shame in my game. I go once a week. Um, It's been amazing. And it was something that my therapist had brought up and then it reminded me of you know, this conversation with, with a friend, just really just in passing. Um, I honestly think it was like text message conversation or whatever, but it just stuck with me all these years. And I'm telling you, it's probably been like five or six years at the least that this man told me this and it stuck with me that long. And it wasn't until now that I had like that light bulb aha moment where I was like, Oh shit. Like, this is what he was talking about. Like, I get it now. Um, And again, at the time, I didn't think it was applicable to me. I was a little bit in the dark. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't that self-aware. I wasn't, you know, I was still probably in my little, you know, I'm not the problem phase, whatever, you know, know better, do better kind of thing now. And I know better and, you know. I was my own problem for a long time. Not that I didn't have other problems, but anyway, I digress. 
which shout out to Miss Lindsay, my biology teacher in ninth grade for teaching me the word digress because here I am. I'm not going to do the math and tell you how many years later, but I still use that. I love those big three, four, five dollar words. I mean, hell, I'll take a good two dollar word if it sounds right. You know, anyway, I say all that to say this. Um, so I'm in the pool with my daughter and I'm praying. And honestly, I can't really even remember what I was praying about. I think it's just like general, you know, this is on my heart. You know, this is, you know, what it is. Thank you for your blessings. I try to really um, make sure that I thank God because I find myself always asking for things and not thanking and praising him. And, you know, I always look at God as like a parent, like the best parent you could ever have. And I know that when my children constantly just ask me for stuff and they're not listening and they're being obstinate and they're just doing their own thing or whatever, that I get frustrated. And I think God's frustration is a little bit different. I think he tends to like go silent and kind of like, uh, all right, you know, you can do battle by yourself kind of a thing. Um, I'm just, I'm going to watch like you do you because you're not listening to me. So I try to get in the habit of thanking him. So anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm praying and I'm having this moment. And then just all of a sudden this, between the conversation I had in therapy and what this friend told me years ago. And then when I'm praying over it, just this message, just Mac trucks smacks me in the face. And I could not get it off my mind. Like I was almost tempted to get out of the pool just so I could go write it down because I was just so in the moment. I didn't want to lose it because there was just this voice in the back of my head. Like somebody needs to hear this. Um, which that transpired into a conversation with somebody. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it. An ex that I feel like really needed to hear it. Um, do I think he is ready for that message? No, but I think that message planted a seed in him that I hope one day, you know, I hope and pray one day it comes to fruition. And, and he has like that aha moment, like I did and was like, this is what she was talking about. Like, this is, you know, this is the catalyst that I needed to, go forward with my life to heal old wounds and, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever that message turns in for him, you know, but I know on some level, it's a message that he's not ready to hear right now. And that's okay. That's okay. So from that message, you see how my brain works, ADD, it's like a pinball machine from that text message. Um, I decided to make a Facebook post, but just like a, a generalized version of it. Um, because I just felt like, man, somebody, somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this. I needed to hear it when I was in that. I need to hear it now, honestly. Um, I've read it a couple of times because it's just... <laughs> And I'm not saying it because it's mine. I'll pat myself on the back. Um, I just feel like it, it was just such a good message that somebody needed to hear. It's something I would have told my younger self, you know, when I was really going through some shit and really in a very toxic relationship. Um, 
just just things that I've gone through. It's it's a message I needed to hear. And I love that I posted it because I hope going forward when I forget about this message, you know, as we get busy and whatever we tend to do, that it pops up in my memories at just like the most opportune moment. And I hear it and I'm inspired all over again. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read it. I'm probably gonna stumble through it because I don't read as well as I, you know, I don't speak that well, but I read even worse out loud. Um, I'm telling you, my sweet spot is the written word, but having to translate it, you know, verbally or whatever, whatever the word would be, um, it just, it comes out different. It comes out different. We're two different people. The written Amy sounds really, really smart and educated and like she knows what she's talking about. The spoken Amy is just a little different, okay? But you get what you get. So this was my Facebook post. If you follow my Facebook, you've already seen it. Um, After posting this, I got quite a few text messages from friends, people whose opinions that I really value, People that I seek advice from or counsel from or or whatever telling me, you really have a gift with words. You have a message that needs to be heard. Um, One of my friends even said, like, girl, you're preaching to somebody today. Like, you should be standing up somewhere, spitting this message to somebody, telling them, you know, things that you've been through or whatever. I had another girlfriend tell me, you know, I wish... I would have heard that message when I was going through the toxic, abusive relationship that I was in, you know. And so, you know, I hope it helps somebody else. I really do. Like I said, I'm doing this for me right now. And maybe that's selfish. I don't know if that sounds selfish or not. But like I said, this is a message that I needed to hear. And I know... I'll probably need to hear again and again and again. So anyway, like I said, I ramble. Here's the message. Okay. So I said, uh, God really put something on my heart with this message today. There are so many people out there who don't know peace because they grew up in dysfunction. They can't handle peace because it's calm and quiet and makes you think and reflect. It's a trauma response. Keep as busy as possible so I don't slow down and feel because feelings hurt sometimes and it's overwhelming. Especially when you've not been given the tools to feel and then heal from it. Except you can't heal what you don't feel and you don't accept. You can't fix a problem you fail to admit you have. This is a battle you have to go through and you have to grow through it. No one can do it for you, and you cannot do it for anybody else. I've also learned that this is next to impossible to fully love someone that's not at peace because their chaos will not allow you to. They'll create problems because the chaos is more comfortable to them. It's familiar territory. People can only meet you where they are, and sometimes that's just not enough. They can only love you as much as one, they know how, and two, they love themselves. Because not everyone was taught how to love themselves and how to love other people. 
You cannot love someone into loving you. And if you don't love yourself, you can't expect others to know how either. So there was a quote that I attached to it um, from R.H. Sin, which I love. I love his stuff. I probably have a Pinterest board just full of all his quotes that I see because it's deep. It's deep and it's it makes you think and you're like, yes, I feel that, you know, on a different level. But the quote was, some people are so used to chaos that they cannot function in peace. And it's such a real thing. And it sounds ridiculous, honestly. It sounds like, I guess if you don't know or if you're not aware, it sounds ridiculous. Like, who would choose chaos over peace? You know, it's a message that my, you know, therapist talked to me about. And the friend that I mentioned before, his message to me, of course, it was not about me. And it wasn't about him. It was somebody that he, you know, had a relationship with. He said, some people can't know peace. And at first I kind of didn't get it, but I really liked it because it sounded deep. I mean, that's like some poetic shit right there. You know what I'm saying? Um, But I didn't really get it until recently, you know, and it's kind of one of those cool things where like full circle, you know, comes up later, you grow from it, whatever. It's just, it's, it's neat to me. I'm, I'm cheesy like that, but when my therapist brought it up about an ex of mine that I've been struggling with getting over, um, you know, she said that, you know, some people thrive on chaos because it's all they know. And even though it's dysfunctional and they don't like it, it's comfortable. It's their comfort zone. People have a really hard time getting out of their comfort zone. I mean, it's just, it it takes a lot to get out of your comfort zone. It takes a lot to get out of your comfort zone and talk to new people, change jobs, to move, to make big life-altering decisions. And sometimes it's, it's uncomfortable to make the smaller decisions that you don't think, you know, would would be that impactful or whatever. It takes you out of your comfort zone. And, and a lot of people are not okay with that. They, they don't deal well with change, even if it's change for the better. Like we tend to hang on to familiarity. I totally butchered that word, but you know what I'm saying. Um versus change because change is unknown and it's new and even though it can be exciting and better and refreshing for us it's still unknown and a lot of people fear what they don't know I mean that's that's a message that can go across the board in all kinds of things you know we fear what we don't know so you know we're we're me and my therapist are discussing him in this relationship or whatever. And and this whole time I've, um, and we've been broke up for a while, almost a year. So, um, this whole time I've been really, really hard on myself and it's always been a why her and, and not me. You know, I checked off all these boxes. I was the perfect girlfriend, you know, on paper. I did this, that, and the other. I loved him so much how could he not pick me? You know, clearly in my mind, I'm the better option. And that's when she kind of said, you know, oh, she said it to me a couple of times, but that recently is when it just really stuck is some people can't 
function outside of chaos. You know, um, I tend to be a semi-confrontational person. I'm very like head on. Okay, this is the problem. Let's fix it. You know, I'm going to advocate for you. I'm going to speak my mind. You know, I try not to be aggressive, but it, it comes off that way. You know, um, this ex of mine, he's not confrontational. He doesn't like confrontation. So I think that was the battle. Like, how could you be okay with chaos and dysfunction, but yet you say you hate or you hate uh, confrontation? But see, the two are not synonymous. You know, you can hate, you can you can hate all of it. You can hate dysfunction. You can hate chaos. You can hate confrontation. But if that's what you're used to, that's what you're gonna search for until you heal that part of you that no longer needs that. Um, until you heal whatever wound was created by that, and you know. One of the things she said was, um, I'm trying to think exactly how it was worded. One of the things she said that kind of made the light bulb go off is she said, that's why I think there were the problems that you two had. And when she said it, it kind of just, like I said, the light bulb went off. And I realized that is true because for the most part, our relationship was peaceful And it's almost like he had to create dysfunction because sometimes when things are too good or whatever, we feel like we don't deserve it. We're not used to it. It's unnerving. It's uncomfortable because we've never experienced it before. And with this particular relationship, I could be way off the mark and maybe I'm trying to make myself feel good, but I know this theory, this concept, whatever, is very applicable to other situations. Like, I've seen it. I've seen people. Um, I have a sibling, for example, who has a super long laundry list, track record, history, whatever you want to call it, with drug abuse. And he is very charming. He was very handsome. Um, charismatic, you know, just this vivacious person. And he had this, he has this horrible addiction, you know, and it's like he would get to a point where he would be doing really, really well for himself. Like he'd get a good job. He'd, you know, finally be getting his shit together. And it's like, he couldn't stand it. He didn't know how to function in this new norm, this new happy place, because he was never taught how to do so. You know, um, he's much older than me. He's a half brother. All my siblings are half. Um, he's from my dad. And so I don't, I don't know how they were raised. You know, there's all kind of different stories or whatever. It's neither here nor there. Didn't, I mean, it doesn't matter. Our dad passed away, um, almost three years ago. So it's not something, you know, that even needs to be discussed at this point. But, you know, when I look at him, I, I mean, there are times that I get frustrated, but I still see like a hurt child, like his inner child got hurt some kind of way. And that's how his inner child dealt with it. And it sounds cheesy. It sounds like one of those self-help, you know, 
crazy therapy books, but like it's real. It's absolutely real. You know, if you don't heal the wounds, which is frustrating because I think a lot of times, I know for myself personally, we sit in our hurt and we're like, we're angry and we're hurt and we're frustrated. Um, I know that there's been plenty of times in therapy where I have told the therapist, like, I'm so mad that I have to fix what somebody else broke. I have to fix a problem that I didn't create, you know, like there's been problems that have stemmed from that problem that I, you know, that I did create, but this was a wound, you know, that I didn't inflict upon myself. And now here I am having to pick up all the pieces and rebuild Except I have no idea what that new building is supposed to look like. What that new structure is supposed to look like. You know, it's like, here's here's all these materials. I'm not going to give you a blueprint. I'm not going to tell you where to start. I'm not going to tell you what it's supposed to look like in the end. You know, I'm just going to give you a very vague description of, of the end result. And you just have to figure it out. And it's frustrating. And it makes you angry, you know. Um, my main purpose for trying to work on myself is because I don't ever want my pain and my anger and my wounds to cause pain and anger and wounds for someone else. Um, there's a quote and I, I'm probably misquoting it, but it's a, it's a really good one. It's one I really like. And it says, um, something to the effect of like, if you don't heal your wounds, you'll bleed on others or something like that. I'll have to find it. I'll have to find it and bring it up in another podcast. But it, it just really spoke to me because like they say, hurt people hurt people. And I, I can only speak for myself. I feel like when I get emotionally hurt, it hurts. Like it is a deep, gut-wrenching, self-esteem destroying hurt. You know, it, it throws my world into a tailspin and it leaves me questioning things and anxious and my stomach's upset and I can't sleep and and just absolutely awful you know so I don't ever want to inflict that pain on someone else and I'm not saying I never have um I've never been truly aware of it I mean I've never had anybody come back and say like you know you broke my heart or you really this or you really that so either I'm not breaking hearts um or I'm just doing a really good job of not hurting other people I mean, and I know that I have hurt other people's feelings before, but I I don't feel like I have ever, like, truly hurt someone. And that's never been my intention. That's never my intention. I, I try to be very careful with my words, my actions, especially now. That was not always the case. When I was younger, I was very hot headed. Um, honestly, I was probably verbally abusive. Because that's 
what I was used to, and I didn't know that's what it was. And so I bled that wound, that hurt. I spewed that onto other people. I lashed out at other people that way because that is how I learned how to deal with it. Um, you know, so I've tried really hard going forward and, you know, in the last five, ten years, we'll say, to not be like that. Because I don't want to, I don't want to be the reason that someone cries at night or someone hates themselves or, you know, thinks less of themselves. Like, I want to be a motivator. I want to be positive. I want to be a light force to them. Like, I want to encourage them and and make them feel good. Like, I want to be their safe place, you know. Um, I don't want to bring people down. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be hateful. I don't want to be ugly. Um, you know, even now when I have like an argument with somebody, I, even if I, I do have moments where I lash out, I try to apologize very quickly because, and this happened, um, so I lost two very important people in my life. I lost my dad in 2018, and then I lost my best friend last summer. So it's almost been a year. So because of that, I'm, I try to be very careful with my words because I do have this fear that that's going to be the last thing I said to them. You know, or I don't, I just feel guilty. I don't want to tear somebody down. I don't think you have to do that to get your point across to people. I think you can express your feelings to people and not hurt them and not be hurtful. But sometimes that's just our go-to. That's just our gut check reaction. Like, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you back. Like, it's tit for tat. And I try not to be like that, you know. Back in the day when I was younger, I was very much like that. Like, you call me this name, well, I'm going to call you these five names. You know, you talk about me, I'm going to talk about your mom, your dad, your sister. You know, I'm going to bring up every wound that I know about you, and I'm going to fling it at you, and I'm going to throw it in your face. And when it was done to me, or because it was done to me, eventually I got to the point of growth where I was like, I don't want to be this. I don't want to be this ugly, nasty hateful, mean, petty person. I don't want to do it. Um, even now, like if someone does me dirty, I do not seek revenge. I don't because I've learned over time, like one, the truth always comes to light. It might take longer than the lies and the hate and whatever, but the truth always comes to light. Always. True character is always revealed. So you don't have to go around and throw shade on people. You don't have to go around and talk shit about people. You don't have to go around and try to plead your case because the people that are for you are going to be for you no matter what. If somebody goes out and they attack your character and somebody believes it, especially if it's somebody that you consider like a close friend, they weren't for you. And not everybody is for you. They, you know, they could be in your boat, but they're steady drilling holes. You know what I'm saying? Like, they could be sitting there in your cheering section, but they're the only ones not clapping. You know, they're just there to have eyes on you, to see what's going on, to see what your next move is, to see if you're going to fail even. I mean, just everybody's not for you. So, um, 
you know, I, I don't, I don't try to be petty. I don't try to revenge. I used to be one of those people. Like I would talk so much shit about my ex-husband on Facebook. I would put our business out there when I was mad and then I'd have to go and delete it. And then I have to go and pretend or whatever. And I just, I don't want to be that. Like, I don't want that. I don't want that to be I don't want to be that girl where somebody sees their Facebook post and they're like, this bitch is tripping again. You know, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. That's not what I want my character to look like. And I've learned, like, you can't control anybody's character but yours. And if you want yours to be shitty, if you want bad karma, if you want your character to be flawed and ugly and nasty and whatever, that's on you. That's on you and you can have it because I'm not going to do it. You're not going to drag me down in the mud with you. I refuse. I absolutely refuse. You know, like I'm not going out like that. I'm going to walk with my head held high so that when people look back at the situation, they can say, you know what? She kept it classy. She kept it together. She didn't get, you know, in the dirt. She wasn't, you know, being ugly and being hateful and whatever. You know, she she maintained her integrity and her morals and her character. She didn't get on that that level, you know, because sometimes people do things to you to drag you down because they can't step up. They want you to come down to their level because they can't get up on your level. You know. And we're just we're just not about that. You know, that's not that's not what I'm trying to to put out in the world. I absolutely refuse to change my character because someone else's character is flawed. So that's the whole point of that. You know, I always consider um, what I'm doing with my life, the way I treat people, the choices I make or whatever. I consider it to be essentially my legacy. So when my time comes and I'm done here on this earth, I want people to look back and I don't want them to say, you know, things that you're just supposed to say when someone passes or when someone dies. I don't want them to say that. I want them to say, you know what? She was a good friend. She was a good mom. I could always go to her and talk to her about stuff. You know, she lived her life with integrity. She always tried to take the high ground. You know, she was a good person. She was a loving, caring, nurturing person. Like that's what I want my mark on this world to be because that's what we're all here for. You know, just because we're not out doing great, huge, big things doesn't mean you can't have an impact on people. You know, that's, I mean, that's not true. I know that there's people that have made such an impact on me that probably don't even see it that way, but they did, you know, they, they changed my life. They helped me to grow. They helped me through a season that I was in. And so I want to, to be that. And I know it's very like, we are the world, kumbaya, whatever kind of a thing, but it's true. It's true, you know, but I genuinely want to be that. I don't want to have this fake facade that I am that way. And then people close to me be like, well, actually she, you know, was really catty and, and mean spirited and whatever, you know, I just want to be a very genuine, real person. And so 
I always try to do the best for myself. I'm always about improving myself, working on myself, you know, because I, I want to be the best version of me that I can be. And that's a, a daily process. That's, I mean, you're always changing, you're always evolving, or at least you should be, you know? Um, so like I said, like, I don't, I don't want to hurt people or be mean or ugly or, or anything like that. Cause it really does, it doesn't get you anywhere and there's just no need for it. Like the world is ugly enough. It doesn't need more of that. You know, it doesn't need any more of that. So, you know, back to my whole topic, I like some people not being able to know peace. Um, it takes a lot to recognize that in yourself. Like I said before, I didn't realize that I was that person when my friend told me that message. I was not as self-aware. I was still pretty self-aware, but I was not as self-aware as I am now. It wasn't up until probably a few weeks ago that I kind of had a heart to heart with myself. And I was like, you know, you have some toxic traits too. Like you have some toxic things too. Like I have trouble letting go. I have trouble letting go when people hurt me because I feel like if I let it go and I forgive that I'm opening myself up to that happening again, or I'm telling you that's okay that you treat me like that. Go ahead. Keep doing it. And to me, forgiveness, and I'm not saying I have fully evolved from that. Forgiveness is, is a forgiveness and grace are a really big theme in my life right now. And forgiveness for me is still very hard, especially when I'm still hurting. Once I get the pat, once I get past the point of hurting, it's not as bad. I can forgive, you know, I don't forget kind of a thing, but I can forgive and I can kind of take myself back from it and, and see things from a different perspective and see, you know, this person hurt me, but I know they hurt me because they were hurting some kind of way or someone hurt them. And so that's where grace comes in. And that's where forgiveness comes in because you learn, you know, we're all, we're all fighting very similar battles, you know, and with the self-awareness thing, it takes a lot to be self-aware, to look at yourself and be like, you know what? I'm a problem. I'm a problem. Um, I'm creating some of my own problems. I need to fix this because then it goes back to what I said earlier. You know, it's hard to fix problems you didn't cause or fix or heal wounds that you didn't create, but you have to. You can't hang on to those things because the only person it's going to affect truly at the end of the day is yourself because you're going to be miserable and unhappy and just negative and down and whatever until you heal those things. You know, um, you're going to have issues in your friendships and your relationships and whatever. And some people function just fine with hurt and wounds. But I have to believe 
you know, and I could be wrong, um, that, I mean, their, their life is just not going the way that they want to. And that feeds into depression and anxiety and everything else like that. But at the same time, I'm not saying it's easy once you become self-aware because you can be self-aware and still not fix the problem. You know, you can know you have a problem and acknowledge it. And then it's a whole different ball game to sit down with yourself and say, all right, where do I go from here? How do I fix this? Because if we knew how to fix it, it would already be fixed. You know, it's not easy. That's why for me personally, I really made the conscious decision and effort to go back to therapy because I have tried to the best of my ability to fix things myself and I couldn't do it. And therapy has opened my eyes because with being hurt and broken and whatever, your view is like a a little bit jaded. It's like you have these glasses on and instead of rose color where everything's fine, they're just a little skewed. And so you don't see things for what they are. And, you know, maybe you have beliefs in your head that aren't true. Like mine with forgiveness. Forgiveness is not a weakness. Forgiveness is one of the ultimate strengths because it takes a lot to forgive another person, especially a person that's not sorry, you know, or isn't apologizing or trying to make amends or make things right or whatever. It's hard as hell to forgive somebody like that, but you have to do it mostly for yourself. Because as cliche as it is, when you don't forgive somebody and you hang on to that hurt and you hang on to that anger, like I said, it's that quote, you know, that is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It doesn't work like that. You drink the poison, you're going to die. You know, you hang on to the anger and the hurt and refuse to forgive, you're going to be miserable. Because every time you see that person or something pushes that little trigger button for you, you're going to be miserable all over again. And there's nobody wants to live like that. You know, nobody wants to live like that. So forgiveness is something that I am really trying to work on. And that's kind of where grace comes in. Because, you know, we think God gives us grace for all the mistakes that we made. And... You know, we think we don't deserve it or whatever, but we're thankful for it. Grace is something we need to extend to other people because I don't believe that people intentionally hurt people most times. I think they have either not learned how to do things properly, how to treat things properly, properly. Um, they don't know how to handle certain emotions or they're used to deflecting or blocking them out or whatever, just whatever the case may be. Like you don't know some of the traumas that somebody else has been through. You don't know some of the stuff somebody else has been through. Even if they do open up and tell you, you don't know how it affected them. You don't know their inner internal struggle. So grace kind of not gives them permission or excuses them or whatever, but it's just that understanding like, hey, you know, we're all kind of messed up and I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you're doing the best that you know how to do now. 
because that's a thing. You know, we do, most people, I think, try to do the best they know how to do now. They play the cards that they have. They use the tools that they have. You know, sometimes it's even a matter of you don't know what you don't know. You don't know that that behavior is toxic or that all your relationships don't work out because you need to heal a wound that happened when you were 13 or whatever the case may be, you know. But when you get to that point, and I guess that's what finally happened with me is, you know, I was just praying and just very um, tired. Like my heart was tired of being in this miserable feeling like I was unhappy more than I was happy. And I know that's not what life is supposed to be about. Like, I don't think it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows and happy endings, but I know I'm not supposed to be miserable more than I'm not miserable. And so I had to have a come to Jesus with myself, if you will, and decide, you know, I need to just, I need to truly work on myself and I need help to do that. I need somebody to kind of coach me through it and lead me through it. And I love my therapist because she doesn't necessarily give me the answers. She tries to make me think and figure them out for myself. She's kind of steering a little bit, but she never forces her opinion on me or whatever. Um, You know, she just kind of questions me until I get there on my own, however long that may take sometimes. But it's hard. It's hard to sit there and realize that you're an issue, um, that that you have these wounds that you need to fix. Because it's it's like opening that wound up more, and you have to dig and get all of the. Well, I mean, we'll relate it to an actual wound. Dig all of like the infection and the bad stuff out, so that you can clean the wound out and allow it to truly heal. So if you've had ever had like a really bad cut, it gets all nasty and germs and whatever else gets in there and it looks gross and everything else before it looks better. Like you don't cut your arm off and then the next day it looks fine. That's not how it works. I mean, there's so much more to it, so much more care that goes into it, so much more things that you have to do in order to get that literal wound to heal and it's the same way with emotional wounds and I feel like they're almost harder to heal but they're not impossible it's like they just get smaller and smaller and smaller instead of this big wide open gaping wound that keeps getting bumped and keeps getting salt poured in it and you know whatever else that keeps getting hurt more and more and more you know it doesn't fester anymore it it allows you to just heal it so that you can go on, you know, and experience growth from it and learn from it and have a better life because that's really just, that's what it's all about, you know, and it's really hard to be at peace with other people when you're not at peace with yourself because you just, you won't allow it. You won't allow it, you know? And I think a big thing for me, was, you know, I've been in numerous toxic relationships to the point that, like, I know they're toxic, and that's not what I want. But it's that comfort zone. It's what I'm used to. Like, I'm used to chaos and whatever when it comes to my relationships or whatever. 
but I don't want that anymore. But I know the phase that I'm in right now, my chaos and my dysfunction will not allow me to have a peaceful relationship because I don't trust it because I'm not used to it. It's uncomfortable. And that's, like I said earlier, that sounds ridiculous because who would not want those things? But, you know, personal experience here, subconsciously in the back of my mind, that negative talk that's still in my head is that I don't deserve peace. I don't deserve a healthy, happy relationship because I'm too messed up. I'm too broken. I'm too this. I'm too that. And that's just not the case. The rational side of my brain, because I always describe my brain, my mental health or whatever, as like a good side and a bad side, like a good angel and a bad angel sitting on your shoulder. You know, my good side, the rational side, the logical side knows that's not true. That's not true. You just need to fix some things. You just need to reevaluate some things. You need to relearn some things. But the negative side is like, oh, that's too much. It's too much work. You know, it's too much work. It's like if you look at it going on a diet when you have a bunch of weight to lose, which, hello, I do. So I can definitely relate to that. You know, that first day that you go to the gym is hard. You're out of breath. You're sweating. You can only do like five minutes and it's just too much for you. And therapy's kind of the same way. When I did therapy years ago, and I think this was when I was separated from my ex-husband, but we weren't divorced yet or we may have already been divorced. I started really trying to go. And at some point I had to stop because it became, to me, overwhelming And it just felt like too much. And it's like, here I thought I had this little problem. And once I fix that, I'm fine and I'm done. And digging deeper, cleaning the wound out, I found out that there's this whole huge wound underneath that. You know, that was feeding into this little bitty wound that I thought I had. And like I said, it got too overwhelming and it was too much for me to handle. And I just, I had to stop. I had to stop. And I've gotten to that point. I think once since then, like in more recent times, but since I started going, um, I want to say maybe I started going in October or something like that. I have not felt overwhelmed like that. You know, usually when I walk out of there, I feel relieved that I was able to get it out and I was able to, um, to get some answers and to, there's like a light at the end of the tunnel. It's still very far away, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, because before I just be like, oh, this is all there is. It's never going to get any better. And that's just, that's not true. Um, Another thing with forgiveness and forgiveness and vulnerability, because that's what I'm talking about next are two topics that I'm probably going to dedicate a whole nother podcast to because I really have a lot to say on that. And I'm trying to keep the time down on these. So, um, but like I said, vulnerability is a big deal to me too, because I had someone tell me years ago that I was very guarded. And in my mind, I was like, what the heck are you talking about? I even argued. I even argued with the person and I was like, that's not true. I'm an open book. 
you know, you can ask me anything and I'll tell you about it. And it wasn't until recently that I realized I am very guarded, you know, um, when it comes to certain emotions that make me feel vulnerable because I still associate vulnerability with weakness. Being vulnerable is a flaw, you know, like if you look up the definition of vulnerability in certain terms, it's basically like opening yourself up to get attacked or hurt or whatever. And that's what I think of it. But then I discovered Brene Brown, who I absolutely adore all of her stuff. Like if you're looking for a book or whatever, hers are amazing. And she's got some really great insight. Um, But her take on vulnerability is, you know, that it requires courage and strength and it's very brave and it's also very necessary. And I definitely agree with that, especially now in the times that we're in. I don't think enough people are vulnerable. And I think that's why so many people think that they're alone in the thoughts that they have. They're alone in the feelings that they have because everybody puts this mask on that everything's fine and great and wonderful. And we're comparing our dark moments to these highlight reels and wondering what's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with you. I mean, there's, there's stuff wrong with you, but it's, I mean, it's fixable or whatever, but the same thing that's wrong with you is the same shit that's wrong with 20 million other people. Like you're not alone. You're not alone. Um, I hate that there's still such a stigma on mental health and, and things like that, even though like I cringe to talk about mental health or whatever, but it's just, it's one of those, it needs to be talked about. It needs to be discussed. Because there's so many people that I think are hurting and could benefit from therapy and being helped or whatever that don't out of shame or fear or, you know, nobody in my family has gone to therapy. Nobody in my family takes antidepressants. Nobody in my family, you know, whatever. But guess what? That's that falls under like a generational curse, which I will talk about that, too, in another one. I told y'all, I have a lot to say. You know, generational curses are very, very, very real. They're very real and they're very hard to break. But there's some strength and just amazingness, which it's not even, it's kind of a made up word or whatever, but that comes from um, breaking a generational curse. You know, because there's so many people who they're like, my parents ain't shit and their parents ain't shit and their parents before them ain't shit. Or that's just the way we've always done it. That's the way my family just is. That's the way, you know, they they justified in those in those um, actions. And it kind of ties into like the comfort zone. It's hard to break out of even when it's dysfunctional, your comfort zone. Because especially when your whole family is like that or, you know, it's generation after generation because they're going to mock you. They're going to shame you. They're going to put you down. Not always. Not always. You know, maybe you end up having a lot of support and they pat you on the back saying, hey, you do what you did, what I I never could. I never had the strength to, you know, Um, but it takes a lot. It takes a lot to break yourself out of that generational curse. And I feel like. I have 
that I have gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, you know what? The buck stops here. I'm not passing this on to my future generations. And I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm pretty sure both my kids are going to need therapy. Hopefully not so much from things that I have done, but they have had experiences where they probably will. And you know what? There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I have gotten more open with them about talking to them about my need to go to therapy and that's what I'm doing and trying to make it like a normal conversation. Like it's no big deal. Sometimes you just need help and that help is perfectly fine to get. We're not going to make it a pity party though. It's not the end of the world. We're not going to have poor me. You're just going to fix it. Just like if you were sick, you would go to the doctor. If you have mental health, you go to the doctor, you go to therapy, you do what you need to do to help heal yourself, to help make yourself feel better. And we just, people just need to really embrace that because they don't, you know, people shouldn't be embarrassed about that. And they still are. And I think it's because people don't talk about it. So, you know, as much as I don't like being vulnerable like that, I guess that's part of why I started this podcast as well is to challenge myself to be vulnerable, to put myself out there like that in the hopes that it helps somebody else say, you know what, maybe therapy is not such a bad idea. Maybe it's not so embarrassing. Maybe I will go talk to my doctor and see if there's some medication that I can take. Or maybe there's just a whole nother route altogether. You know, I don't think medicine you know, antidepressants and everything else are be-all, end-all, cure-all. They don't work for everybody. You know, maybe you just need some tips on how to cope. You need better coping skills, and and that will help. Or you need um, to rearrange, you know, like some cognitive therapy and rearrange your thought process so that you don't think of things in a negative manner. You try to see the positive from it. Um, so I just, I, I want it to be normalized. It should be normal. It should be the equivalent of like getting a pedicure It's self-care, you know, because that's, that's a big thing. And that's something I realized recently, especially with my relationships is one of my downfalls is I don't love myself and I'm not the type to like, Oh, I have to have a boyfriend. I was like that. You know, because from like 16 to 30, I was always with somebody. From 19 to 30, I was married. And so I have it in my head if I'm not with somebody, if I'm not dating somebody, if I'm not talking to somebody, then I'm not good enough. And that's just not the case. And that's a cycle that I want to break because I don't want to continue on that way. And I'm realizing until I love myself, I can't fully love another person. And I'm going to keep seeking out broken people so that I can fix them. Because I feel broken. It's kind of like a mirror. You know, if I can heal you sometime, some way, then that means I'll heal me. And then if I do all these things and check off all these lists, then you'll have to love me. And if you love me, I won't have to love myself. And it does not work like that. It doesn't work like that. And that's a hell of a lot of pressure to put on another person. You know, um... And then you just end up getting angry and you get hurt because it isn't reciprocated. You know, you can't effectively love somebody or expect them to to love you back when they don't love themselves. 
I mean, how can you love somebody else when you don't love yourself? Or how can you show somebody else how you want to be loved or need to be loved when you don't love yourself? You know, that just puts everybody at a very unfair disadvantage. So, again, my focus personally for me right now is self-love, forgiveness, and vulnerability because I feel like they all go hand in hand. They all tie in together and they're all very much needed in order to accomplish, like you can't have one without the other, or maybe you shouldn't, you shouldn't have one without the other. They all just tie in together and blend in together. Um, So I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, I was a little, not frustrated, but a little, I don't even know, I don't want to say discouraged or defeated, but um, when I left therapy the other day and I realized, you know, I need to learn to love myself or whatever, that's like what I was talking about with the the building, the new building, you don't even know where to start. So one of my goals for the next 30 days, which I really haven't done it the past, you know, since I announced it to myself, is to start dating myself. Start dating myself, seeing the things that I like, seeing the things that I want somebody else to do for me. But also giving myself the satisfaction of if you don't do it for me, I'll do it for myself. You know, like buying myself flowers, taking myself to get a pedicure, going on a date to dinner by myself or whatever, going on a trip by myself, things like that. Like I really want to focus on loving me because I've been putting that out to other people and not getting anything back. So I'm pouring myself out from one cup into an empty cup and then my cup ends up being empty and they've got a hole in their cup. So whatever I just poured into them is just draining out the bottom anyway. And so nobody's cup is full at that point. So, you know, and that's, that's hard because there's a lot of underlying issues that, you know, which I'll talk about. I'm not ashamed. I'm just running out of time today, but you know, that's just where I'm at. That's just where I'm at. So Um, thank you so much for listening to my first podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll come back. I'm really excited to see where this goes and, you know, what this turns into and what this grows into. Um, like I am, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm excited. So once again, thank you. If you have any, you know, comments or whatever, be sure to hit me up. I appreciate you listening to me ramble and everything else. And I really look forward to next time. So I'm going to try to get on a schedule with how I get these all set up. I'm not going to, I'm not sure if it's going to be like one day a week or just whenever I feel like it or whatever. But again, I thank you so much for listening to what I have to say. I hope it hit home with you. Um, I hope you could take something away from it and just, you know, Have a great day. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your life. You know, thank you so much. All right. Peace out.